Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, my name is Bryce Watts, and this is the NF Ladies Podcast. This is a podcast where I talk exclusively to the women in the NFL to learn about how they navigate this life in the league. The players are always the ones in the spotlight, but I want to highlight the women who are the support systems behind the scenes. Let's do it. Welcome back to episode 32 of the NF Ladies podcast. I am here with guest Samira Jackson. Hello, Samira. Good afternoon. Hi. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you for coming on with me today. Even uh, when all that flash flood and stuff was happening, you somehow made it back and we are doing this in the safety of your own home. So thank you. Yeah, of course. Alive and well. (laughs) So let's start off by you telling us who you are, who your significant other is, how long you've been in the league, and how many teams you've been on and are currently with. So um, my name is Samira Jackson, and my partner is Sheldon Thay. That's my fiance. And we have been in the league for seven years, and we have been on four teams so far and are currently on the Cleveland Browns. Four teams. Okay. What were those four teams? So drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then um, off to San Francisco 49ers, one year with the Colts and two with the Browns heading into year seven. What was your favorite? Do you have a favorite? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really loved the Niners. Uh, I love the Bay Area. Um, I love the team. And that year we actually went to the Super Bowl. So that was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Wait, did you guys win the Super Bowl that year? We lost. And I don't remember. I'm sorry. In the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter. I loved it. I went to one Raiders game and they yelled at me the entire time because I, my boyfriend was on the Jets. So, you know, they were yelling in my face, these grown men. But great area. Amazing food. Amazing, amazing food, food. Great culture. Great community. I love the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always good to take like friends there and visitors or family. So I loved it. I loved it. The weather's mild, right? Like yep. nothing too crazy. Always, always solid. Well, girl, it gets so cold. Like in July, they say it feels like winter. If you're out on the water, it gets like 50 degrees. You would never expect it. I was wearing a parka a lot when I was up there. It's giving Southern California. (laughs) July, it feels like winter. It's 50 degrees. When we are in Cleveland, Ohio, and I have a parka, electric hand warmers, fur boots, a goose down jacket. That's how cold it gets here. That's real winter. I was going to say, those are really nice, right? The goose down ones, like those are an investment. And I thought like I'd only see people like in Antarctica, like watching penguins wearing those. No, you can get like different levels. You can get like small, light, light, light protection, medium, heavy duty. Because when we got here, it was actually in the middle of a snowstorm. And the last place I had really lived pre-pandemic was Miami. Because I was in law school there. So I didn't own a winter coat. So we had to like rush order a pair of boots and two winter coats to our extended stay hotel because I was, everyone's looking at me crazy and I was dying in my sweatshirt. You're like, no, this'll do. This'll do coming from Florida. It is not going to do. It was horrible. (laughs) It was terrible. 
So is that colder than Indiana? Because I, I know Indiana gets cold too. I think it's kind of neck and neck. Um, I think Cleveland's a bit chillier because you were right on the lake. But mm. Indiana definitely gets cold. We definitely get some feet of snow for sure. That's so interesting. I never think about it until I'm in any other state and either it's super cold or it's humid. Because anywhere now I feel like it's just humid and I'm like, I'm in Ohio. Like, why is it so humid? Why is it so muggy? Why are there like flash floods happening? We just have like little baby earthquakes that we're like, oh, I found an earthquake. And then it's done. We don't have any of that crazy stuff. The Midwest is a wild place. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've got to live all over now, too. So you like San Francisco for the area. But what region of the country did you like best? Is it that area because there's like no snow? You're not getting 50 degree weather generally, generally. But it's also not sweltering. Yeah, I love the temper the temperature there. Um, I also love living in Miami, even though I know we just talked about extreme heat. But I think it might be hotter here in Indiana than it is in Miami right now. It's like 96 degrees. And I think in Miami, it's like 85, 86. So it's really unbelievable how hot it can get here. Well, at least you have the ocean right there, depending where you are in Florida, the ocean right there to be like, all right, just dip in, cool off. We talked about before I turned on the recording about how you have several different pods. So you're in the middle of all of this craziness, this offseason 2022 offseason with getting all of that stuff together from all those places that you were. So can you tell me a little bit about the craziness that is moving and buying furniture when you think you're going to stay somewhere? And then, whoops, you don't you never know. Honestly, the craziest experience, because Sheldon and I have been living out of like two giant laundry tubs and like our our backpacks and suitcases this entire off season. Uh, Most of our clothes and our items are in the pods. And we recently went back because I was like either. We get my summer stuff out of the pod where I need a summer wardrobe. Yes. Because I don't have anything. And we get to our pods and realize all of our clothes are packed into our dressers and like saran wrapped so that the dressers wouldn't open during our move. Oh, no. So it's not the worst thing ever. I think this has taught me that I have way too many clothing items <laughs> because I've been making it out of the two tubs. Um, but it's definitely an experience. Uh, we fully furnished a home in, in Indiana. And then had to pack it all up at the end of the year. And we've got two giant storage pods um, that are just kind of hanging out at the pods warehouse until we find our forever home and can kind of do it all in one fell swoop. This is a big thing that you mentioned. And I didn't realize this until I had all my clothes. We had all of our clothes in there from 2017 until the beginning of this year. So I had like the same four tops. I couldn't have a style because you don't have any of your stuff. And then you find things you're like, oh, my gosh, it's like Christmas. I forgot I had all this stuff. Like, that's just not something that you think about when you're moving that much and you have to be efficient. So you have the tubs and you're like, I don't even know where that is. I don't know if I still have it. Like, I I need a dress for this event that we're going to. I don't have anything. I have yoga pants. That's it. Absolutely. And you know what I just started doing this offseason? I actually use a rental clothing company um, because I knew I know what I have in the pods and I'll see something cute online and then I'll say, like, I know I have something adjacent. To this, I just don't have access. Yeah. So, I actually use this rental company called Newly, and it's N U U L Y. Not a plug. Don't work for them. But if anyone decides to use it, let me know, and I can give you my links. So you have a discount, but you get six items, and it's great because um, that's been kind of helping me a little bit. Like if I know I'm going on a trip, 
or I know I'm going somewhere. Um, for example, we just had a wedding in Hawaii and then we spent a few days in LA. So I've got, you know, a couple cute tops. I got two or three dresses and that's a nice way to kind of hold me over until I can really have access to my full wardrobe again. That's really smart. I just, I I've always seen it, you know, renting clothes and stuff, but like I spill stuff on everything. So first of all, I don't trust myself. And second of all, I don't know like how often I would be doing it. Cause I would be like, Oh, I totally am going to go out and wear a dress and then end up, you see me right now, my tank top and I'm wearing <laughs> yoga, you know, yoga shorts. So it's like, is that going to be a good investment for me? I don't know. So I'm just, you know, going to thrift stores and buying stuff there. You can find some good stuff depending on which thrift store. I have a favorite. If you find your favorite on the area, I promise you, you can find some stuff with tags on still. You just got to be there for a while, like sifting through. Absolutely. I'm a big time thrifter. I get a lot of like honestly team stuff whenever we go to a new team my first stop is the thrift store because I love those vintage jackets or like the leather or the suede like OG team varsity so I try and find something good like that because the prices that places are charging like the consignment shops are crazy like $70 for a windbreaker that's from 1990 <laughs> I know it only cost you $14.99 yeah, that, that's used. I'm like, I might as well buy something new. They're yeah, ridiculous. If yeah. they're like smaller, I want to support. But I'm like, come on. like You're ripping dirt, me off. This thing? <laughs> I got to wash this a couple times before. Which With I vinegar. Do. With the oh vinegar. Gosh. That's it. I like, I knew that was a thing, but I haven't done that yet. You know, because they kind of have a little funk sometimes. Always. Yeah. That's so my thrift would... secret. Like half cup of white vinegar, just toss it in there. And even the craziest things, it can get clean. Like I had a really dingy but super cool Niners leather jacket that I wore to the Super Bowl but I had to wash it with the vinegar and you have the vinegar scent for like a, a week but just air dry it and when it dries up that vinegar scent evaporates and you're good to go interesting I'm gonna have to do that I never thought about that I mean in in my game day outfits I just make a bunch of neutral like I'll have something like this and put like a name because <laughs> you it gets expensive know. you never know you never know where you're gonna be I try to stick to black <laughs> yep black beige white like those are my go-to just throw it over some jeans over like a black dress and put a little tie knot you know yeah get cute for the game because I'm trying to do the most now absolutely at this you know at year <laughs> six I'm just trying to do the most work whatever where I look ridiculous I don't care I'm doing it this is a once in a lifetime thing absolutely so you talked about we talked about the clothing aspect of it now the furniture aspect of it we did the same thing where you know you get drafted you're like wow they want you here <laughs> they and love then, us <laughs> yeah they look at us spotlight on us and then yeah. next year like see ya drafted you I'm like that's really a bad business move it's a waste of money on your part but you know we bought a <laughs> we were renting a condo two different bedrooms not like we had a bunch of furniture but furnished the living room furnished the bedrooms so not realizing how volatile this industry is and then you get people after the fact saying like well didn't you know didn't you know any of this could happen it's like would you think that I knew it could but yeah. did I think it would no yeah. <laughs> but it, it's definitely I think you you're year six I'm year seven like we know looking back how how it can be and how much of a business, a strictly business, um, the industry can kind of be. Well, I even look at somebody asked me, an, an incoming lady actually asked me, what, what do you 
suggest or like what is your advice on like I'm trying to decide if I move with him if I don't move with him mm-hmm. and I was like you know what if it's whatever you decide you want to do in your relationship I chose to move because I wanted to be a part of everything and support and do everything that I could but you know maybe not buy like a whole bunch of furniture buy stuff where if you needed to leave you could if you needed one pod so you're only paying for one pod and then moving and then also an apartment because all that stuff is expensive like and I say this all the time yes you make a good living for like four months but you got to be really smart with your money because that's got to last you the rest of the year or however long you're going to be in here and the crazy lifestyle and you you have to move eight times like you got to make sure you got something saved up yes yeah it's even for moving our last big move I'm so grateful and I'm so I feel like super blessed because we were in Indianapolis and that children's hometown so his whole family like helped us Minus the heavy lifting. So we hired movers for the big things. But everything else, they helped so much. They helped us pack up our pods. Um, seriously, full clothes. Like, I have so much gratitude for the family because that saved us. Um, but even now, we rent. We literally rent everything. Um, so even last year in Cleveland, we rented our couch. We rented our TVs. We rented our bed. We rented the box spring set. Like, everything. Um our bed frames, literally everything. And then I went to Walmart and got like five, cause I do like, <laughs> I don't love paper plates and plastic cups. So I got um, yep. <laughs> like five plates and like one giant coffee mug from Marshall's. <laughs> and those are the things that we, we bought. <laughs> good, good tip. Go to Dollar Tree or uh, yeah. Dollar Tree is my favorite. Yes. They have so many cute things. It's now, I went there yesterday. It's now a dollar 25. When you know the dollar store is going up, like something is wrong. It's We're not just trouble. gas prices, y'all. It's, yeah, it's hitting Dollar Tree too. <laughs> We're it's in danger up in here. <laughs> but yeah, danger. I mean, that's what you do. And the only thing that I won't get from there are the utensils because they taste like metal to me. Like and something about them. Ugh. Yeah. That, I mean, I could eat with a bent fork, but if I'm like, is this macaroni and cheese or am I eating foil? Like, it's not, that's not where it is for me. <laughs> that's where you draw the line. Just, that's so interesting hearing other people and, and who bought furniture and who, you know, maybe, maybe there's another person who did buy furniture, but that didn't happen to them. And yeah. they, were, they look back and say, wow, that was stupid that we did that. Thank goodness it all worked out. So some people yeah. it does work for, and then some people it doesn't. And then you're doing yeah. the whole traveling thing. And I mean, you've been to four teams, so you've moved. I don't know how many times you've moved with him, but that's four different moves. Yes, I've been moved from Jacksonville to California. I wasn't so helpful. I was in law school. <laughs> I was in law school at that time, so I wasn't very hands-on. But we ended up coming back to the house. Again, Sheldon's family, they're amazing. So they're always like so hands-on um, and so helpful. And they helped pack up the Jacksonville house in our absence. And it was just amazing. They got our dogs. It was amazing. Um, and then, yep, we did our indie move. Gosh, yeah, these moves totally suck. California, back here, and then, which was during the pandemic. That was 2020 fresh when the season ended. That's when we were done. The contract was up. And then, again, Colts to Cleveland is when we had our pods, and we just didn't take much. We were like, it's going to be cold there. Bring fall, winter clothes. We'll run everything else because we can't keep doing all this moving. And that's back and forth, back and forth, like across the country. That's one corner to the other corner. Like that's not just going like Indiana to Ohio. Those two were huge. And, I mean, and even to Indiana from San Francisco, those are huge moves. Those are cross country moves. Yes. We only had one dog and from the 
Florida to San Fran move and I had her with me in school. So luckily we didn't have to move our dogs, but um, anywhere we would go after this, we have two dogs now. We have to bring our dogs. Gotta bring our kids. How is that working now? Because I just talked to somebody and they said you can't even bring dogs as pets on the plane. Is that true or am I getting false information? Um, actually we have like to you'd flown. have to drive. Yeah, we haven't flown with our pets. Um, but I would never put them like under the plane. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we would do. Thank God we haven't been in that position. Um but I have no clue. I know that there are services that like you can kind of board your dog with that will drive them across country. Um, I want to say they're upwards of a thousand bucks, but I do have girlfriends that have done that. I know upwards of a thousand dollars. Just oh, this is pre God. pre gas price hike. You might as well just get a pri- I mean, I'm being dramatic, but you might as well just get a private jet at that point. <laughs> I know people who have done that. too. <laughs> I, have, I have friends that have three dogs. And when they go from off season home to like the season, or the season, vice versa, they just get it. They get it, put all their clothes in there. So it's just like, that's their move. Yeah, that's the move. I think I've seen somebody do that. I'm like, wow, if you have the money, that's actually really smart because it ends up being super expensive anyway. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, if you can afford it, there are few, but certainly definitely some situations where it makes sense. Well, and I didn't even mention if you are driving, like you're going through potentially snow, depending on where you're driving from. There's, there's all no the way. different mountain ranges. At, yeah, there's no way. I would never do it. And all the miles on the car, I would literally never do it. <laughs> miles on the car. Girl, like, I don't have a conventional job. Like, I've done things like uh, contract, but we get all of our miles just from moving from state to state. Like, yeah, even seriously. though I'm not doing the everyday commute, I work it's brutal. From home. Yeah, I work from home. Um, the, mi- the miles on my car that add up the most are either driving home to see my parents driving to our home base or up in Cleveland. And it's like a little triangle. It's like five hours, eight hours, five hours. So you're getting like a thousand miles in one trip. Yeah. <laughs> then like With 12 Lily, here, yeah. five there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Without a doubt. That car, he's literally like, you just need to keep the car forever because we are never going to be able to sell it all the travel miles you put on it. <laughs> Girl, I don't know anymore. People are selling back their cars like for more than they bought them for. I have a friend who just is trying to do that with his truck. Like, nice raptor truck and they are buying them back at crazy prices everything is so crazy right now it's true it's true i just sold um i got a new car two years ago i had my law school car still we had it and i was like we should just junk it like it's not going to be worth anything like it's an 08 you know the turnover is kind of iffy when we sold it back to acura for like thirty five hundred dollars and i i literally was ready to junk it and just get zero for it. I'm so glad <laughs> that I went to to the Acura dealership. They're like, yeah, we'll take it right now, they, right today. They want anything. <laughs> get the paperwork started in the back, John. Like, they were like, we'll do the deal right now. That's why. So, I mean, essentially, you're doing no work and selling your car. Instead of, you know, racking up the zero, that's, yeah. that's a good chunk of change. That's a nice. I was able to use it. My bachelor, my bachelor's coming up. And I knew the house that I wanted um, in Tulum. And I used it to just put the down payment down, just like hurry up and get it, um, which was such good timing. And now my girlfriends have paid me back, but it was perfect, perfect timing. This is a good segue. I didn't even ask. So you're going on on your um, bachelorette trip to Tulum. That's amazing, by the way. How did how did you guys get engaged? How do you propose? I saw a video of it on your Instagram. But tell (laughs) tell your fans, tell the listeners how it happened. Oh, it was super sweet. It was Memorial Day weekend. 
we had the house still in Carmel, Indiana, and we had a huge backyard. Um, and Sheldon, again, he's super family oriented. Um, I'm really family oriented, but I'm an only child, so I don't have many siblings, but he has a bunch. Um, so for Memorial Day, we threw this big cookout in our backyard. We always have like a giant bounce house or like an obstacle course for the kids. And then, you know, as the night goes on, the adults get, we get on there, Mm -hmm. we get on there too. The drinks start flowing. We're ready to, (laughs) we're suddenly D1 college athletes ourselves. (laughs) My dad, he actually ripped his pants going through the obstacle course with my niece. Luckily, he had a spare pair. Um, <laughs> and maybe two weeks before um, Memorial Day, I had found out that I passed the bar, which was so exciting. And Sheldon's like, we're going to have a cookout. We're going to celebrate you passing the bar. Get all of the champagne, all of the drinks, all of the food. Let's go. And I was like, <laughs> Period. let's go (laughs) and so as it trickled into the evening he gave me a bottle of champagne listeners ladies one thing I know how to do is spray a bottle of champagne that's for certain one thing's for sure two (laughs) things for certain I'm gonna spray that champagne so he hands me a bottle he's like I just want to thank everyone for coming out we're celebrating Samira passing the bar you know she's gonna turn around shake the champagne we're gonna have a great time so I turn around shake the champagne, going crazy. And then when I turn back around, everyone's screaming, Sheldon's on one knee. And embarrassingly enough, he didn't even ask. I just said, yes. You forgot the one question. (laughs) I forgot. His friends were like, he had a whole speech prepared and everything. I was like, yes. (laughs) Oh, he did. Was he just nervous or just like caught up in the moment? He's like, this is all I need to do. Obviously on my knee, got the ring. He's on his knee and everyone was screaming. And I was just like, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave him a kiss and then everyone just kept screaming like there was no time. <laughs> That's amazing. So all of this stuff is happening at the same time. Yeah. Really crazy 2021. Okay. So that was 2021. What month did you say that you passed the bar? May. Okay. And then I got a new car in May and then I got engaged in May. So oh May gosh. 2021 was amazing. It was wild. It was wild. So I'm I'm going backwards. I'm going backwards. I'm backtracking. So how did you guys even meet? Like, when Ooh. did you meet? What was that story? We got the exciting engagement story. So how did you meet? That's a good one. Um, my godbrother, John, actually was teammates and roommates and, of course, good friends with Sheldon at Notre Dame. So we met through my god family in short. But um, there was a year they were on spring break, I think, in PCB. and. Like, it was the year that Dak Prescott got, like, punched or something crazy happened. So I FaceTimed my godbrother, like, be safe. They're attacking football players. <laughs> Don't tell them who you are. They're attacking. <laughs> they're attacking the football players. <laughs> so they're crazy. They're crazy. And um, John and Sheldon were on FaceTime together. So when I was FaceTiming John, Sheldon walked by. And he saw me. And the story goes, rumor has it that, after John and I got off of FaceTime, Sheldon was like, who is that? Like, who is that? And my godmother was like, that's my god sister. And the rest is history. Um, got in touch, slid in my DMs. <laughs> I still have a screenshot of. But it's lo- it's really lovely because Sheldon's family, Sheldon's mom, and my god family and my godmother were very close um, with both of the boys, you know, being teammates and playing together. So it was special. Um, 
that they already had a bond. It felt safe. It felt so comfortable, you know. So it is that big family that you want. You're very family oriented being the only child, but you still got that family. I mean, you guys were cementing that even before you knew you're going to be together. Yeah. Yes. My mom's also, I'm from a big family. I'm just an only child. My mom's one of nine. Okay. So I have more cousins than I have fingers and toes. Um, <laughs> my fingers and toes and your fingers and toes. <laughs> like I have a lot of cousins. That's, I love, I, there's only three of us, my siblings, um, but I love the idea of a huge family, just like having everybody who has to be your best friend because you're all related. Yeah. And then you get the pets and then you get the grandkids and then you get the cousins. Like you get the whole thing. You get the whole extended family, too. I right, love that. Right. Putting five little kids in one bed for the sleepover <laughs> because because they don't want to sleep without each other. Because <laughs> they're scared at the sleepover, telling scary stories and watching yeah. that scary movie. They know they're not supposed to be watching. Exactly. That was me. That was me, <laughs> that was me and my cousins as well. <laughs> you remember when I don't know if you went to Blockbuster and you walk by and you see the really scary movies like the pictures on the front I would scare myself just looking at the pictures like I would like to scare myself I don't know what it is but I would punish myself and just walk by and I would dream about the photo like not even the film I didn't even see the movie I'm a legitimate scaredy cat I don't like scary movies a scary movie to me is like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> really? No, that's my favorite. I don't know. I love it, but I'm, that's peak scary for me. Like, I can't take it any further. Okay. <laughs> and it's not even that scary. I guess that was kind of the point. Um, yeah, I, I hate scary movies, actually. I, like, won't go. He hates it because I, I just will not go. Especially the ones that are kind of real, like Poltergeist or, like, you know, spirits and things. No. The Conjuring? You're not no. for Annabelle? No. I literally, no. No, <laughs> those are my favorite now. I, I took like a total 180 and now I love scary movies. Like I used to fall asleep to The Conjuring like while I was watching it because I'd watch it so many times. Like this is comfortable. I know all the scenes. I don't think you could pay me <laughs> enough money to go see a legitimately scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I guess there are some scary parts in Lord of the Rings. So I'll give you that. That's yeah, scary like creatures you. in there. Right, right, And they're right. ugly too. So I right. got you. No, no, I, I feel you. I feel you. That's it. That's it. <laughs> So we've been dancing around it. You passed the bar. Yes. You're a new attorney. Yeah. How how was that whole process like dating Sheldon, doing your own thing at the same time and doing all these moves? Like I've just been doing one of those things, like doing all the moves. I can't even imagine studying for the bar, passing that, still going to school and then doing your own thing. But you said you're tr you're doing remote stuff, too. So just give us the breakdown of like how you did that. Yeah, it's actually it's a lot easier now. It was really difficult for me at first. It just felt um, overwhelming. Like, there's just so much going on. I'm lucky I took the uniform bards, unfortunately. So I'm barred in Maryland, which is my home state. Um, but I can swing my score. And thank God I passed high enough to wave into almost any state that takes the UBE, except for two. One is Alaska, so I'm pretty sure we'll never go there. And then the second is um, Colorado. So what I do now is I do a lot of pro bono cases. I take pro bono family law cases. Um, and that's how I'm able to go to court remotely and be on Zoom. And then I also do trademarking and copywriting consulting just on the side. That was my um, specialty in school. And then my nine to five is like um, discovery work. So it's basically you don't really have to be an attorney. Well, you you do to do the discovery work, but it's essentially um, 
going through documents and like coding them and compartmentalizing them and categorizing them based on whatever the larger lawsuit is. So we work for really big companies. I can't say their names, but really big companies that need help. They just, it'll be thousands of documents that we might have to do. And there'll be a team of us and we'll go through the documents all online. So it's great. Um, And that's allowed me to move around uh, and things like that. But when we do have to go back to court in person, um, it's going to get a little sticky. But, you know, year seven, I'm kind of expecting, you know, not like a 20-year career. So whenever we do settle down, I am looking forward to planning roots and then being able to like grow within a firm wherever our home base is and really practice because I'm really passionate about civil rights, but that type of attorney just can't move around the way that we do. You have to be in person. Everything is in person. Um, Even during the pandemic, almost all the trials were almost suspended because you just have to be in person. So the day will come when I can go litigate in person. That's so interesting. I have so many different points that I want to talk about. That's so interesting. You doing everything online, like you basically started doing all of this online. So then when you go back into the office, you will have this experience and growing this experience and knowledge that the older attorneys don't have. Maybe the younger attorneys aren't going to experience until they're going into the field, but you'll be able to coach them up and like actually see where it's going from here because every you know company is kind of pivoting to have to be online to require it to some extent because remote is such a big thing now that even traditional thing like my dad's a CPA accountants like supposed to be super stereotypically stiff like you go and you wear a business suit the whole thing but even they are saying okay you can go remote you can do you can do this you can do that that they would never have thought before so companies are having to reevaluate and it's going to be interesting to see something like in you being an attorney, that feels like it's the same wavelength as CPAs and stuff where it is so traditionally strict. Yeah. And even now, um, they're hybrid. So if the case can be handled online via Zoom, they typically will allow you to. But even for my mom, she's actually also an attorney. She was telling me that um, even if they have you as scheduled as in person, if both parties, you know, and both counsels agree, hey, let's do this on Zoom, then they can transition you to a Zoom hearing. So there's still an option. And I really do think that we're going to head in that direction. Um, Again, because I'm not in criminal where you might say, oh, I want a jury trial. I do think something like a jury trial just from now on until the end of time will be an in-person thing because you can't um, feel emotions and things like that, you know, through a screen as well. So I think that that is always going to be an in-person thing. But for something like family law or especially transactional law, I definitely think it's going to be a lot more remote and a lot more work from home because we're, we proved that we could do it. So now nobody really wants to go back. <laughs> How interesting is it seeing the NFL from an attorney standpoint and understanding like the legal implications of something or the behind the scenes where me, I just know what they're telling us or I don't know what's required by law and the fact that there have been some certain things at the NFL has neglected or they have full knowledge of but have but haven't acknowledged it to the public one of the biggest things now is cte with you know um i I forget his name but that wide receiver i saw he's found to have cte and you know they they don't acknowledge it publicly but they understand that it's an occupational hazard if you will yeah um 
it's really interesting. Um, and it's not, it's horrible to say, but again, like, you know, this type of podcast, we all get it. It's such a business. Anytime, I don't want to say I don't believe anything, but whenever I hear anything or whenever, <laughs> whenever yep. I hear anything, we all been there. Um, I know that take everything with a grain of salt because that money rules all, cash rules all. At the end of the day, you know, we care about you, but it's to an extent because if we, if we are going to make money off of you, then you better get on the field or you better go play. And it's definitely difficult um, as us, as partners, to sit by and watch. Like our partners are literally sacrificing their bodies uh, every day in practice, really, and then on game day. So it's really interesting. I haven't looked through all of the um, benefits that they get um, when it comes to injuries and things like that, but I have been brushing up on it. So I've been trying to review the CBA, but that is that thing is long. <laughs> it is so long. It's so complex. And it's just a lot. Yeah. I'd imagine because you know what all that stuff means. Right. Like, and I get I'm it. Just looking... <laughs> right. I get it. Like to me, I'm like, this is a lot. And I'm a lawyer. Yeah. I, when they were voting on the new CBA, I was so surprised that they expected the guy. I mean, I guess I wasn't surprised, but it was interesting. They expected the guys to look through all those materials and comprehend all those materials on their own and then vote on, you know, how they wanted to move forward because nobody really uses legalese anymore, like legal language or like legal talk. We're trying to be shifted out of it. I was taught in school to not do that anymore um, because the average person is not going to know what the heck is being said, like what, what anyone's even talking about, like witness it before. Like, no, <laughs> it's so old. Do you think that... I, I'm sure part of it is because it's very old school. You have the older generation who is in there and this is how you've done it and this is how you talk. And I would imagine if you know all that stuff, you feel like, I know this stuff. Like, I'm smart. I feel good. Like, I would feel like that too. But do you think also there's a part of it where you can use this language and people will accept what you're saying because it sounds legitimate or they don't even know. So they're like, okay, that sounds good. Let's do whatever you suggest as the attorney. Absolutely the latter. I don't speak to my clients in legalese um, ever, ever, literally ever, because no one uses it really. I mean, you know, just, yeah, I don't really use it. No, I was taught in school not to use it. My mom doesn't use it. I mean, I might have one word if I'm sending a new line or something, but it's the the content of the document is not going to be in legalese. It'll be straightforward, grammatically correct, you know, concise and complete, like you would expect from an attorney. But it's just confusing um, to the average person. And when I think about it, well, what's the point of us, you know, having these contracts or drawing things, these things up? It's supposed to be an understanding between two parties. It's supposed to be like a meeting of the minds. That's what a contract is, amongst other things. But you know what I mean? So to make it as clear as possible, it just makes sense to use regular kind of English. Yeah. And I want to segue this into I saw on your bio that you have an account or your you've linked account the players company. Oh yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I, I looked at Sheldon's post talking about how you're going from a college student to immediately being an NFL player and you're making six figures if you're getting drafted and you're not right. an undrafted free agent. But you just don't have the vocabulary or the knowledge or the how to to even manage this because we are not taught this. We're taught some other stuff that maybe we shouldn't have been just learning about Helen Keller, you know, because uh, yeah, maybe a couple of things that are a bit more applicable to everyday life. Yeah, yeah. So the players' company that's actually Sheldon's 
baby, but I do like all of their legal stuff for the most part. Um, and yeah, it's basically just about financial literacy and it's not just athletes, but it's really for, um, marginalized communities who just don't have the education. Most people don't like when I think about who taught me about finances, that's my mom and my dad. Um, I didn't learn it in school. Um, I'm so lucky my parents were able to kind of help me establish a line of credit at a young age so that when I came to my own and had my own bills and my own finances, my credit was already solid. Um, and the Players Company is basically about working with athletes and their whole board is athletes where they were, um, but making sure that the young guys don't make some of the mistakes that the older guys have made, which would be, you know, blowing all of their money immediately, not planning for the future, not having both a financial advisor, but also being knowledgeable yourself um, yeah. and, and and how important that is because at the end of the day, you can't sleep on your AP watch, right? Like you can't, you can sleep in your Rolls Royce, but probably not the best sleep. Um, you know, we could have put that money towards a house or down payment or just something that's a little more meaningful and even investing. Um, something they've really been diving into is how to invest your money and what it means to invest and um, investing in things that, you know, matter to you and how to kind of come up on in that way, have passive income. So, you know, you're playing in the league, you're earning your money, but perhaps we live off of my signing bonus for X amount of years. And then we invest my actual, you know, finances, the actual money that I'm making my salary. So it's pretty cool. That's another thing too, is it, I guess, you know, in, in a, to, to say it in a mean way, you're, you're wasting, you could be potentially wasting your money even if you're just saving it in an account and you're yeah. not investing it and you're not putting a dump, you're not buying property, whatever you choose to do to invest, you you may think you're being smart. I'll give an example. My significant other really wanted to do all that stuff, really wanted to be knowledgeable about it and not just give his money to somebody else and trust what they're saying. He wanted to understand it. So a couple of years into the league, he decided, okay, I'm going to do it. And then he kept buying and then he kept buying and he got more knowledgeable and understanding that when you're looking at the market that day and it says you lost X amount of money, it's going to come back up and understanding how index funds works. So you just have that for the future. It's not sitting there. And like you said, passive income, it's working for you and right. you're not wasting the opportunity that you get. Because when you're 23, I would say most people don't have the money that these guys are getting at 23. So at you all. have such a great opportunity to create generational wealth for you and your family and your kids and your grandkids. And I know that, you know, so there are some individuals that come in not having that, not having anything, first generation, right. everything. Right. So that's so important. Right. Right. And I can, I mean, it, it only makes sense that if let's just say you come from poverty as well. And you come and you get this fat check, like, of course, you're going to want to go buy a car. Or of yeah. course, you're going to buy your mom a house or do these things, buy a chain, the chain you've always wanted, all these sneakers you've always wanted. Um, but there's definitely, with a little bit of discipline, there's definitely so much more on the other side. And and there's a balance between that, too, because I think that one side looks at the other and says, that's so stupid. Why are you spending your money on shoes, a chain or whatever? But, you know, like. You want what you want. Some people like designer things. As yeah. long as you're not spending it on that just exclusively, like, do you? you yeah. It's your money. You made the money. Like, you earned if it. You, if you've been, yeah, you've earned it. You've really earned it. But people, when it's not their money, they have a lot of opinions of how you should be spending it. That's definitely for sure. Always. <laughs> Always. Mm-hmm. Telling you how you should live your life or what you should appreciate or what a hardship is compared to yours. But you know, it all becomes relative at that point. This is definitely a blessed position to be in. I've never, I've never said otherwise, but you're still allowed to have those 
problems. It's just on a different scale. Correct. I totally agree. Yeah. So this is actually a good segue into the other thing that you have linked in your bio. It's your summer series. So I tell us about where you were going. I, you got so excited. I was like, no, no, I, I'm going to mention it. Don't worry. So tell me about that. Oh, it's my favorite thing. Um, I haven't been back up since COVID, but um, I love my community. I'm from Silver Spring, Maryland, Montgomery County, till the day I die. <laughs> but um, I love the DMV and I'm not a huge birthday person. But I really do enjoy doing community service. That's something my parents instilled in me at a very young age. Um, and again, it just ties into my civil rights work. So I think in 2016 or 2015, right after I graduated from college, I was in my gap year and I was working in Baltimore um, at a civil rights firm. My boss, his name's Carrie. He's absolutely incredible. Um, just a real champion of the people. I, I can't speak highly enough about him. Um, but I noticed on my way to work, I was just seeing a lot of homeless people or houseless people. And it's difficult for me. I'm really empathetic. Um, so I used to go buy like water bottles during the summer and just keep them in my trunk and, or in my car and just hand them out. Or if I had like snacks, like maybe buy like chips, a bag of big things of stuff from like Costco. Um, you know what I'm talking about? So it's a good deal. And, um, and just give them to people. And I saw on Instagram that like a group of people called like hashtag lunch bag and they would basically make sandwiches and then like hand them out in the community. And it was like a party and everyone had a good time. And another thing about me can spray champagne, loves to party. I love to have family and friends around, I love to have good food and like to just celebrate life. Like I'd rather I'd celebrate life and just gratitude before I would celebrate my birthday. Um, so on my birthday, I was like, why don't I just like, everyone loves to party. Everyone comes to my parties, but there's, there's impact to be made. So what I ended up doing was throwing a birthday party for myself. And I either did it at my parents' house or rented out a venue. Um, I had two venues in DC, one at my parents' house. And the whole concept was I would go to Costco and I would get donations um, from, you know, whoever wanted to donate. And we would my friend Al and my friend Trey would get together, buy a bunch of peanut butter, a bunch of jelly, a bunch of sandwiches, plastic knives, gloves, and everyone would come to our party totally free, um, literally totally free. All you have to do is show up, make five sandwiches, and then like transition to the other room or side of the party where it's literally a party. So I would have like people come DJ either for a fee or they would do it, you know, for the community, just friends. Um, yeah. And so that's my summer series. That's how I celebrate my birthday with community service and a party. And we started out, I think maybe making like 200 sandwiches. And then in my last year, we made like 500 plus. And it just happened so quickly because everyone's happy to see each other. We had to stop people from making too many sandwiches because it's just too, <laughs> it's too easy going down the assembly line because yeah. we're like, we're going to run out of supplies. So that's what my summer series is. And we'd like to partner with other typically women-owned um, kind of nonprofits. So the last year, we also collected feminine women's hygiene products and gently used bras to donate to women's shelters as well. So we feed our community, and then we try and find another um, organization to kind of work with. Like, we'll make them, and then I'll take them to, like, um, a shelter. Or I'll donate them to, like... Um, really any like kind of helping hands or shelter in the area. So it's, we, we don't eat any of the sandwiches. We make okay. them and then we donate them. So sorry, I totally left that part. I just wasn't clear. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> yeah, so we make them. All my friends, yeah, they don't get to eat. They do get to go drink, though. They do get to go drink on the house, depending on where the location is. Um, and a lot of venues, um, I'll either pay or they'll know that we're doing community service. They'll say, you just got to meet the bar minimum. But they usually don't even care if we meet it or not because they know what we're doing. It's like for our community. So we always donate the sandwiches. Yeah. The first year I donated them to a woman's home um, in Baltimore um, that I that actually was a client of our firm. And then I usually find anyone or anyone online that I can work with. And we donate all the sandwiches. So we feed others and then we get to hang out and kick it ourselves. Gotcha. And I would same same thing goes for those people wanting to come out and actually be a part of their community and communities coming up a lot. And uh, even your posts that I'm seeing community community. What gave you this respect and want for a community wherever you go, you know, wanting to be with people who are like minded, lift each other up and helping other people too? what really drove that? Is it because you always grown up loving family, being around family. So you're like, I like my community at home. I want my community outside of my home too. Yeah. And I think being an only child, because, you know, we don't have siblings. So our community, like our friends that we choose outside, of course, our family and our cousins, like that's our family. And those are our siblings. Um, and my parents have just always really raised me with sort of like a do unto others as you would have them do unto you type of mentality, like be the person that you kind of wish you had or that you might need. Um, and I really do like love people. Like I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy different cultures. I love learning, chatting, any team I go on. It's pretty, that's what makes it a little bit easier when we do switch teams. Um, I really am a people person outside of the house. Once I get home, battery pack is out, but outside of the house, I just love people. I love to get together. And I mean, it's just so important. We all have so many different things to offer. We have different experiences, um, different specialties. Like, I just, I love people. <laughs> <laughs> I love people. That that directly relates to community. I love that. I, I love people as well. I draw my energy off of other exactly. people. Exactly. Extreme extrovert, as you might say. Absolutely. That's what I was telling you, that the little old lady that helped <laughs> with my umbrella and the crazy downpour. Like she had such a good energy. I felt so good. Like it made me feel good. Like spent a little time with her, connecting with her. I knew she needed it. And like I came home feeling good. Just for context, everyone, she helped <laughs> out a lady in the in the flash storm that she had right before this uh, recording. So that's why she's like, I'm going to be like 15 minutes late. Is that OK? I'm yes. like, all good. <laughs> I was like, thank goodness, because the storm came out of nowhere. <laughs> I I can imagine I've been out in the Midwest and I've just been in other country or other states besides California. I know. That comes on in a flash. I feel you. We're nodding. Nobody's <laughs> we're, nodding. nodding. <laughs> we're nodding. The eyes were here. We're here with the eye, <laughs> we're eye to eye. So you mentioned battery pack out. And that was actually a question that I had for you. Because your last post, you put... That mm, you... you did your research. I oh, love girl, it. Of course. You know, I, I'm good at stalking, right? We're all good at doing the, the Instagram research. Um that you are very big on privacy and not wanting to share everything and only sharing what you want, but you wanted to talk about maybe something on a deeper level where you say you can do it. Even if you think you can't, you can. And just hitting more of a personal note when you've said on that post, generally you don't, don't share a lot. You choose not to share a lot. So can you tell me about privacy and how important that is to you, especially 
in this highly publicized industry where they're always looking at you and picking at you or trying to bring you down. Yeah, um, that's something I also kind of struggled with because we all, I think we all have that phase of like, oh, maybe I'll like be an influencer. Like I'm a wag, like I'm going to promote some wine or like something like that. (laughs) But um, I'm 28, I'll be 29 next month. And I think just as I've gotten older, I'm just so much, yeah, more into privacy. Like um, I don't like a lot of negativity. Um, I'm also very opinionated. That's why my Instagram is private because I'm very opinionated. I'm all up in what's going on in politics <laughs> and what's going on in the world. So um, I didn't, I don't want anyone who doesn't know me or at least have kind of crossed paths with me or we have some sort of interaction, whether that be a mutual friend to put their two cents in on really anything. Um, because if you don't know me, it's kind of like, why? I don't want to say why would I... Why would I like value what you have to say? Because I don't mean it in that way. But if you don't know me, then you don't know the place that it's coming from, or you don't know what's behind anything I might be saying. And um, as I think it's important to be vulnerable and to be open, because there's so much again community in like hardship, honestly, hardship and success. Um, and we really can lean on one another. And people think that they're going through things by themselves so often. And then they get together with my girlfriends, and we're all like, "Yep." me too. Or I cried yesterday or, you know, today was really tough and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I think it's all about balance. Um, and I just tend to be more private because I like to kind of put my head down and work and then I'll, I'll share at the end. But I just felt like on my heart, you know, everyone's having a tough time right now. It feels like, um, whether it be financially, just with gas prices and food becoming more expensive at grocery stores or, you know, like we've discussed our lifestyles constantly moving around. It's just, it's not necessarily bad. It's just difficult, you know, difficult in actuality, physically moving things around, always kind of shooting all over it, having so many things to worry about. So I just wanted to tell my friends really, and mostly myself, like whatever you're doing right now, just keep going. You're doing fine. You got it. Datsusabe means, you know, you already know. Let's go. I know, like, I don't know why I haven't thought of it in that respect where, I didn't even realize you were private. I think I've been following you for a while. That's probably why. Yeah. <laughs> when people are like, yeah, I was private. I'm like, really? I just see, I'm like, community, community. I see you're in the yeah. league too. Like, let's be friends. So I just add all the ladies I see. So that's probably how it happened. But how, if you are private and you do only have your friends and family, it's like having a big mass uh, text chain. It's not you putting things out into the world, like you said, where there's zero context. Like, ugh she's spoiled. Uh, She doesn't work hard or whatever they get from whatever you said. They mix it with their own screwed up experience and then push that out on you. Right. That's not even what I meant. Like, why are you you projecting on me? Yeah. Literally no thanks. I I understand because I post a lot. I'm starting to post a lot. Things are blowing up as you would say just I've always been a big and silly personality so I'm like you know what let's make everybody else laugh if I'm doing something self-deprecating or stupid go ahead laugh at me I don't care but that also on the other side invites mean comments and criticism and opinions that are just blatantly false about you so it's like you so when it does happen you can't be like oh people are being mean to me because other people are like that's what you that's what you asked for, like yeah. in posting this stuff. When I don't think that that translates, it shouldn't at least. No. But you're accepting it. 
You're yeah, that's so that. ridiculous. I mean, I think that's so ridiculous. We're like, well, you put yourself out there, so you deserve to get criticized. Like, I don't know. I just think I love, again, I love people. I'm not losing faith in humanity, but people are getting nastier by the moment, kind of behind keyboards. And they treat people like they're not humans, you know, just because it's a social media account or because you're behind your phone doesn't mean I'm not a person or you're not a person who's going to read a hurtful comment and, you know, it have an emotional impact. Um, so, and that's, I'm also a pretty like direct and like outgoing. I wouldn't, I'm not confrontational, but I'm not like, I'm a lawyer, so I'm not scared of confrontation either. Um, but I guess it's just something I choose not to deal with. And I don't love people snooping or anything like that. I just enjoy like a regular life even though we have all these things going on and our partners are kind of in the spotlight. Like I think I'm just a little more subdued, even though Sheldon actually never gets on social media. He's actually so much worse than I am. Never. He'll post about his, his youth camp and that's probably it. (laughs) And like, maybe if he makes a really good dinner one night, dinner, not even football. He's like, you got look at this chicken that I whipped up. I'm killing it. Yeah. Big (laughs) shell on the grill. And like that, he's so excited. I agree with you where there is, it must be because all of that stuff is staying out and you know who you are and your friends know who you are, but there's, there's peace. And I like doing both too, where if I'm off it, I'm like, I feel so in the moment, which is what I don't want to be the person on my phone or doing this and taking photos and videos everywhere. So like, I'll do a quick video and then be like, okay, like I'm done. I'm in the moment. I want to be in the moment, but I have that memory right. with me because right. I'm big on that too. Like looking back at photos and videos, like just to remember them. I'm big on that, but it's, it's definitely nice. But if you want to go the social media route where you're trying to do a little something on there, right? you, you accept that. You accept that if you're going to be doing this and not doing a nine to five, like. Yeah, that's a trade-off. Realize. That's yeah. a trade-off. Everything has an exchange. Everything has a trade-off. I like tried, gave it, a, gave a TikTok thing a roll. And I was like, I just can't oh. produce the content. Like, <laughs> how do they do this? This is like such a job. So my TikTok's just funny now. <laughs> Literally like me shotgunning a beer at my friend's, one of the best friend's weddings. Like old times, like back in college. <laughs> See, that's the content that I want. That's the content yeah. that I post. I'm like, you know, if it doesn't perform well, I think it's funny. My right. friends think it's funny. I'm good. I'm I need funny. to follow you on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can be TikTok friends. I only have a yes. couple posts. But yeah, I mean, it's a trade-off. And, and like, I definitely admire and respect the girls that do like the public. Like, I mean, even Carly, I mean, Carly's amazing. But she wrote the Browns fans like she's she's like the front she's the, the contact point for both her and Wyatt because Wyatt doesn't have socials and like she interacts with the fans and I mean that's just a gift um just like you mentioned you like to be funny and silly and post and share like that's your gift so you know different strokes for different folks um and everyone knows what works for them because like I said Carly wrote like a thousand Christmas cards to yes. Browns fans like that's crazy that's crazy but that's like the person that she is and and that's like you know again like a gift it's a gift that everyone has so all of our gifts are different whether you're private or public or on the hush hush or whatever you want to do it's just interesting how relevant of a topic it is sometimes when I talk about I'm like this is stupid like it's social media kids play around on social media but like if you choose it can be a business and it could be very lucrative if you're if you're all in on it especially if you can't hold down a job because you're traveling all over the place like me and you're going to be like, okay, I'm here for two months. Peace. I'm out. It's so hard. It's so yeah. hard. 
so finding what can work for you or your lifestyle or your individual uh, and your significant other. So I totally get that. Yeah. Is there anything that I haven't brought up that you would like to mention to your audience? No, uh, this is my first podcast. <laughs> you did amazing. You did great. Thanks. But no, yes. I mean, I'm glad to be a part of this community. One thing I love about like us NFL girls is that we really can be so sweet to one another and, and welcoming, especially when you're on new teams and like to the girls that are always like taking on the motherly role. I just appreciate and love them so much, especially as a girl that jumps around a bit. So it's always so nice to feel welcomed and to just feel a, a part of something, even if you're new or whether you've been there for 10 years. Um, and I love our community and I think nobody gets us except for us. Absolutely. And and that's going to lead into my final two questions, uh, which is, how would you rate your overall experience in the NFL thus far? With the girls or like with like, like just teams? in general. Okay. As I said, I mean, it, it was a bit eye opening how much of a business it is. Um, but I'm also probably going to give like a corny answer and say like, it's a nine or a 10 because I wouldn't change anything. Um, mm-hmm. You can always like every situation, good or bad, I always feel like you can learn from it. So, I mean, I think it's been great. I think we're all super blessed and fortunate. Um, and I just pray that we all have a good year this year, mm-hmm. like a breakout year, not even good. Like everybody kill it. Everyone who hears this, I pray your partner kills it this season. Except for if they're against my significant other in that sense, don't kill it. Right. Because that won't work. <laughs> <laughs> that won't work. I'm so sorry. We can't thrive at the same time. <laughs> right. Anybody on the, any team that plays the Browns, if you're on the O-line, stay healthy and, you know, stay prayed up. I don't want you to have the, the game of your life against us. <laughs> I don't want you to go crazy against us, please. No. <laughs> it's my year. It's my our year, year yes. Year in 2022. And then the most important question and everyone's favorite question. What would be your one piece of advice for a rookie wife or girlfriend just coming into the league? It's so important to make sure you have things for yourself outside of your partner. And I'm sure someone else has probably said this, but I just have to double down because we focus so much on them and and you know I think we accept the role that we're in we ha- make our own decisions but so much is focused on them that it's really easy to be consumed by it and it's just so important and been so beneficial to me to have my own stuff going on to be pursuing my legal degree and that can be whatever it is for you it could be you could be a, an arts and crafts person you might be really good at pottery you might want to try glass blowing but whatever it is, definitely have you no know, time for you and your interests or hobbies because, you know, we're people too. And then mm-hmm. we deserve to have like us time and things that solely make us happy in the same way that our partners can have things that solely make them happy. Everything doesn't have to be combined. I like that. You are deserving of a personality and a life as well. That yes. is also intertwined or goes side by side with your significant others. Yeah, you guys can go in tandem. You don't have to be attached it's really an interesting balance because there's like me him us like the dog yeah (laughs) you're doing your life you especially you being an attorney new attorney doing you he's doing him and then you guys are coming together at the end of the day it's beautiful yeah and why don't you tell us i know you're private on instagram but where we can find you on the platforms you would like people to find you on if it's tiktok or whatever it could be instagram i mean it could be Instagram again. Like we're like a family, I feel like. Yeah. So um, my Instagram handle is my name, which is Samira Jackson. No spaces or anything like that. Ooh, my TikTok. I actually 
made my TikTok name in case I decided to try and like turn up on TikTok. So it's the corporate wag. <laughs> That's a great one. I thought of that, but I literally am totally failing at my in my head of me like taking it to the moon and just can't produce the content. But that's what my handle is on TikTok. And then my Twitter is actually deactivated <laughs> right now by choice. I didn't get kicked. Okay. I, I was think, like, what did you say? What'd you do? I didn't get booted <laughs> from the app. I didn't get booted from the app. Um, I just figured since I got on TikTok, I might as well limit myself to two. So I'm not super distracted, but I'll be back eventually. Gotcha. During season when a lot of stuff is happening on there. Yeah. But also private <laughs> because they're mean they're so mean on twitter i learned in college like don't search the name i search the name sometimes but you know i've learned restraint <laughs> since, since 20 years old since they have a good game or when they have a good game that's when i look up and i'm like mm, they're saying nice things i'm gonna save this for later right but favorite when it's just regular, yeah yeah when it's just regular regular games you know not everybody has something nice to say about yeah. anybody yeah, again, they don't think we're humans, like, on the other side of their tweets. Like, the fans can be really nasty and really nice. Absolutely. And really nice, too. But you get both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't just have one. Yeah, no. So thank you very much for coming on, talking all about your experience, moving all around the country, having those two different pods, renting your clothes, doing it the smart way. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> you talked about so much. I know how you just passed the bar. Congratulations. We have a new attorney here, you guys. Boop, boop, all your legal needs. And then also about your summer series and how much you like to celebrate your birthday by giving back and really create that community outside of just your family. So thank you for coming on. No, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You were so much fun. And hopefully we end up either on the same team or playing each other this season. That would be so great girl you never know there are 32 teams and the world is our oyster right now (laughs) i know i can't wait though i'll keep my eyes peeled i can't wait and i wish you guys the best i'm super excited free agency is scary but if you never know i always feel like god has a plan always thank you for listening to episode 32 of the nf ladies podcast with guest samira jackson my intro and outro music called Not Ready Yet is written, produced, and sung by my friend Kira Grove. Again, my name is Bryce Watts, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.